liftoff and the clock has started. Welcome to That Pixel Life. This is episode 227, recording January 23rd, 2023. My name is Zach Anderson. This week, we are going to be discussing uh, the latest entry in the SteamWorld franchise. Uh, Marvel's Avengers disassembling, if you will. Uh, What the hell is going on with 343 and Halo? And some trailer trash to do this. I have with me, as always, Shannon Flex so hard the sleeves fell off more. <laughs> Hello. Uh, yeah, I haven't uh, haven't been working out so much lately, and so the mm. sleeves stay on nowadays. Oh, you know, oh. They're just Actually, yeah, sad, you're, you're sad sleeved day. all the way down thanks, to your wrist. Thanks, so. thanks though. But, yeah, yeah, I can't get the sleeves off now. <laughs> I'm stuck. <laughs> Long sleeve sweaters for life. Well, <laughs> hides this dad bod, this round dad bod. Now, you only got a little bit more to the honeymoon, so maybe, maybe get some gym time in. Just saying. Um, also, <laughs> joining us, I'm just gonna let Shannon not reply to that. Also, joining us is Justin. I have all the time in the world to play games, Carter. It's your boy. Yeah, no, it was so but- funny. The other night, I was texting Shannon, I wanted to see where he was at with a uh, fire emblem and he sat there and he was explaining to me where he was. I was like, Oh, so you're at the beginning of the game still. And he's like, you know what? I only have an hour to play games and I have a kid and I'm getting married. And I kind of was like, sorry, dude, I did not You don't need the flex so hard on me, man. I'm sorry. Okay. I get it. You have a kid. You're married I mean, in life. I'm sorry. Okay. Dude dude was throwing major, like, just flack my way for not, like, ooh, you're only that far into Fire Emblem? I thought you were a Fire Emblem fan, man. I, like, I thought this was your game of the year already, man. Like, wh- how come you're only, like, 45 minutes into the game, noob? I was just like, whoa. Man. Okay. I, I got to come correct out in now. These streets. Shannon just sighs and takes his little Martha Amiibo and puts it in the desk. <laughs> Martha Amiibo. <laughs> Dude, like, seriously, like, <laughs> the past couple nights I've just been, like, laying in bed, like, playing this thing, and, like, I've fallen asleep. Just the switch, like, just smashes me in the face and, like, wakes me back up. I'm like, oh, man, I need to just put this down. Like, it's sad because I really am trying to play this game, and I love it, and we'll get into it. Hey, we, I think we should what? start. Dude, that reminds me of like back in the day for Smash Brothers Melee. One of the ways to unlock Mewtwo was to like play a match for like X amount of time. And like one of the hacks was like, yeah, just play this level with like this, like a second controller plugged in and mm-hmm. then just like leave it on overnight and then whatever. <laughs> and then you'll unlock Mewtwo. And so I had that and like someone went to like turn the GameCube off and I'm like, no! i'm like you do that and then i remember waking up and like something happened to where one of the characters fell off and that was game and i was so pissed but then i still unlocked it had been enough time that i'd unlocked mewtwo but i was so scared 
that it was like for not. <laughs> That's hella funny. So, gentlemen, it's a little light on the news, uh, but something that came out on the Twitter sphere today that uh, I know I was excited about, and I think Justin is excited about too. Maybe Shannon, because I'm not sure about his fandom of the genre, but SteamWorld Build was announced and is coming out in 2023. Uh, seems to be a SteamWorld-based city builder, and uh, this this team doesn't miss. So yes, give me more of that. And they also said there are four more SteamWorld games in development right now, which as long as one of them is SteamWorld Dig 3, I'm all for. So let's let's do this. God, I hope so. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'll tell you right now, this is out of the games that they have, you know, told us are coming. Um, mm-hmm. This is the one I am least excited for. Um I am not a fan of like a sim building game. Yeah. Uh, and everything about this looks gorgeous and beautiful and fun, but does not speak to me from a gameplay perspective. So I'm glad that you guys get to enjoy this game. I just want their next SteamWorld game to come out that I will enjoy. But see, so that, I kind of figured that was going to be the case because it's just not your type of genre of game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my question would be, is this, does the pedigree of the developer get you to try it though? As opposed to say, this was just another company coming out with the city builder game. Is this coming to game pass? Probably not. Then I would have to wait for a pretty, I would, you two would have to get the me to have the worst case of FOMO. Like both of you would yeah. have to talk about how awesome this game was. Then I would try it. Um, but if <laughs> what, what's up, Justin? No. So I was just going to say, so there is a free demo right now on steam and I downloaded it. And so I feel like you should download it too and just try it out and see, cause that's my thing. This isn't really my genre either. I think this is more Zach's wheelhouse, but I love the Steam World games, and I'm like, if anybody can get me into like this style of game, it's gonna be them because I do love the Steam, the world of Steam World, and it looks cool. It looks like I like the like farming. It kind of has that like Rune Factory kind of mm-hmm. element to it, where it's like farming and like whatever on top, but then they're like going in the mines, and I'm, I'm assuming you might be like fighting shit like underground and stuff, and kind of like getting materials and stuff to go like above ground. So it looks really neat and I think it's going to be cool. Yeah. If it's, uh, I, I think if it's like building simulator on the top, like when you're above ground, it's like the building city simulator kind of thing. But when you go underground, it turns into like an RTS. Like I think Zach is just going to like brick his pants and just like <laughs> live in this game for a while. Well, see, uh, I'll, I'll take that shot and return one, sir. <laughs> uh, when Justin says, you know, there's a demo on Steam that you could try right now to see if you like it. You see, Justin, the flaw in that logic is he would have to actually use his gaming computer for gaming. And, you know, that just doesn't happen. So <laughs> that, that is true. I mean, a free demo isn't enough to entice Shannon. <laughs> Shut up, dude. Like, maybe I need a Steam Deck too. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he, he, he would have to click twice on the Steam icon to make something happen. And I just don't know if that's going to happen. I, you know, I've been using Macs for so long that if you don't single click, I don't even want to do it. 
I'm shocked he's still even still on camera with his nose that high in the air. I mean, Ouch. well, I mean, it is a big nose. It 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 it, it makes my head like you know sag. So, well, yeah, it's you know the blood <laughs> rushing to your feet will do that. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I'm I'm stoked that Steamworld isn't isn't like a forgotten thing because pr- pretty much every single one of those games I've loved, mm-hmm. uh, and. You know what the announcement made me realize, Shannon? I need to go back and finish Quest. Like, I got Uh, almost to the end of that damn thing. And for and I just walked away from it to play something else, I'm pretty sure. But and and with always the like, I need to go finish that. And then I just never did. No, it was good. I need to circle back to that one. Yeah, that is one of the like um franchises. Doesn't matter like up well, up until this point. Um, that they've come out with. I've played all of their games. I beat all their games um, and I enjoy it. Um, so it's it's kind of a bummer because that means I just have to wait a little longer. But I will say if you guys are hyped and love this game that I may give it a try. All right. And I accidentally muted myself. So sorry for the long pause. Um <laughs> We're, we're off to a great start today guys we're off to like, bad wi-fi connections me horrible mishaps like i've never done this before uh speaking of horrible mishaps can we talk about marvel avengers somebody has fin- finally uh they're they're sunsetting this one aka no one's playing it and we need to save money by shutting the servers off so they are and uh justin could you give us some details please (laughs) dude i mean if going free to play wasn't the oh man this thing's nose diving fast uh the fact that i'm actually surprised it's even staying supported until september to be real honest (laughs) like the fact that they're even letting it go that long is uh you know, a bit shocking. I don't even did it ever even get the actual Spider-Man DLC. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It did. It did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it did. I didn't even hear about. That. But it was like PlayStation <laughs> exclusive. I want to say. Well, yeah, but I never actually heard of it like coming out. Like, I don't think there was any fanfare. That thing just got like ghost dropped, I think, in an update somewhere. Yeah. And then I think the most recent update was Winter Soldier made it to uh, made it to the game. So. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Bro, you can tell me literally anyone like was it and I'd be like, yeah, submit sure, makes sense. I don't what? They should just have like on the last day that the servers are up, just make like Galactics like come in and like everybody can play as like a different version and just wreck everything. <laughs> it just doesn't matter, just destroy everything. Dude, the oh. only thing that could save that game is if they actually like put marvel snap within marvel's avengers <laughs> so you had to like go through avengers to great. play marvel snap <laughs> it's literally the only thing that could save them yeah. yeah and then poor midnight sun sitting there over in the corner is like hey guys remember me remember me guys <laughs> i'm a decent game just give me a try please i'm the good game remember yeah. me guys i'm over yeah. here i'm the good one <laughs> the the bummer with marvel avengers is the single player game was decent. Like it was a decent single player game that like they 
totally half-assed and just shoved on there to try to make this multiplayer game happen, which sucked. Like the multiplayer game was bad. And I think if at some point they would have cut bait earlier on the multiplayer and come out with a bunch of like single player DLC, you might've been able to save it. You might've been able to at least keep it alive long enough for the multiplayer to like get good. But, (laughs) but by providing a decent single player experience and a bad multiplayer experience, I think more people came away from it feeling like me, which is going like, why did they even make this multiplayer part? Like this is bad. Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, the same people i mean who the 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 tens of people who played this game um like the one complaint that i've heard about it is that the enemies are boring and unoriginal Mm -hmm. the coloring Mm -hmm. is bland and lame uh you're in like a very brown uh, game like you know area the whole time um most of the characters aren't fun to play um, so I think fundamentally there was a lot that just on the bare bones of things wasn't, you know, fixable, like mm-hmm. without scrapping the whole game, without, without scrapping the whole game and starting over. Right. A, a uh, uh, what was that EA one that was supposed Anthem. to be like destiny? Yeah. An Anthony problem. <laughs> Anthony, Anthem Anthony. problem. <laughs> Sorry, Anthony, whoever you are. Um, but yes, an Anthem issue where it's like mm-hmm. at some point the bones of it sucked. <laughs> hey guys, remember Anthem? Remember when they were going to say like remember when they said they were going to take that game back and they were just going to start from scratch and then they were going to re-put this game out? Y- you know what? They should remember it because we mentioned it I feel like every other episode. It's just <laughs> no, one of those. No, right? If we're like the <laughs> only podcast still talking Anthem in like We just got out of an abusive relationship like 10 years ago and we keep bringing it up. <laughs> it's, our, it's our way of dealing with trauma. <laughs> you, you want to know something really funny? I was cleaning out some stuff at my house and I came across two sealed copies of Anthem. <laughs> A PlayStation 4 one and an Xbox one. Yeah, there's like part of you that's just like, well, do I fire this up and see if it still plays or... That's like the meme of like someone broke my truck window and left five copies of Anthem on the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to throw well, it in the landfill and it's going to magically find itself right next to the ET like a dump. It was funny because I had friends that worked it for EA at that time and one of them, the each one of them independently gave me a copy of Anthem. Just like, here you go. And... I never opened either one of them. So, hey, here we are. That should have been a warning sign right off the bat that that game was going to be bad. Like, they mm-hmm. were just giving away copies. <laughs> like, usually EA, yeah, is like, yeah, usually EA yeah. is like, you got to sign your name. You got to, like, sign these out. You got to buy them, mm-hmm. like, and then you can give them out to people. It's, yeah. Yeah. That was, like, their free copies that they got from EA. Yeah. And they didn't want them. They're on the dev team going, like, no, this sucks. You don't want this. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on my way to the bar to drink away the memories of making this game. <laughs> so yeah, here have this. Hey, when I w- we used to get copies of the games we uh, tested when I was working QA at Sony, mm-hmm. and oh yeah, I'd get my copy of like Barbie's Horse Adventure and you know, <laughs> Mary Kate and Ashley make a movie and all these fucking games I had to 
test and go right down to GameStop with them or Funko <laughs> Land at that point and be like, and they would do the thing even then, Shannon, like you were talking about where you're like, no, you have to take the plastic wrap off mm-hmm. before you can trade it in. And it's like, okay. Did they ever give you any questioning looks when you brought in those games? <laughs> oh, no, because it was one that was close to Sony. So it was just like 20 guys showed up on lunch break with their copies of whatever horrible <laughs> game they had. And we're like, here you go. Here's your beer money for the weekend. Exactly. <laughs> or, so, or you couldn't trade them in because the game hadn't come out yet. That oh, was all that happened worst. a few times. Yeah. So, so here's my question to you since, you know, the news is light and, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about Avengers anymore. Um, sure. Could, so when you were, when you were doing your, your video game testing for Sony, like, mm-hmm. and you got stuck with one of those games, like Mary Kate and Ashley's wonder closet or like, yeah. you know, Barbie's dream house build fest or whatever. Um, and you were in charge of just like finding the bugs and breaking shit. Mm-hmm. Like, how much joy did you find in that? Like, I mean, like, did you, were you like, yes, I'm going to just, I'm just going to fuck around and find out in this game and we'll see like what kind of punishment it takes. Like, I'm just going to do all the stupid stuff. Or were you legitimately like trying to get in the mind of like a young girl who was going to play those games and, and try to actually play it and have fun? So funny enough, you end up doing both because say like a Barbie's horse adventure, game which i think was the name of that game i don't even think i'm making that up um your initial reaction is you can't believe you're wasting your time doing this (laughs) right uh but you've got i think that one they scheduled four days of testing for Mm -hmm. and these were 10 hour days so that's 40 hours I'm putting into Barbie horse adventure <laughs> and the, the game itself might've been two hours, two and a half hours long. So, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so you're starting with like, Oh, I'm just going to like break this thing a million different ways. Cause <laughs> F these people for even making me do it. But then, you know, when you're on your third day of it, you've already done that. You can't really do any more of it. So it's like, well, I guess I should actually play the game and figure out, like, play it right. Do it as a kid would do it. You know, like, try to see if I can get through it with only using two buttons. That sort of thing. Um, And then you'd write up a report based on that. You'd write a report based on your other thing. You're you're videotaping everything you're doing. So you always have, like, uh, citations you can point out when things break and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, was it rescue heroes? That was another one where through the course of playing it like a kid, I discovered if you held up and X, you would beat the game as long as you never let him go, just hold up and X and you would eventually win every level and beat the game. And it was kind of hilarious. I was like, that that has to be intentional, right? Like, cause it's a game aimed at like four year olds. So it, it just kind of made sense to me. I was like, I, I actually put an inquiry in for that one. I'm like, is that a bug or is that a feature? Cause that seems like it could be a feature. <laughs> and if it isn't, maybe you should make it one, you know? Um, <laughs> but now like there were, there were good games like ready to rumble, uh, ready to rumble two for the PlayStation two was a launch title. That was a good one. Um, <sighs> was it the bouncer? Remember when the mm-hmm. bouncer came out? Mm-hmm. That one, holy crap. When the bouncer hit, that was like 
people were pulling knives out in the office to try to get on that game because everyone was so excited for it. Mm-hmm. Fast forward three days later, everyone's like, oh, man, you're lucky you didn't get on the bouncer. Oh, <laughs> that game. The Mary Kate Nashley, the Mary Kate Nashley video game was fun though because uh, it was the type of thing where it's like, oh, they're going to make a music video and like you have to dress them up and get them all ready and pretty for their music video, blah blah blah. And then right right when you say, okay, they're all ready, they say, wish us luck on our video, and it did not say, wish (laughs) us luck on our video. it didn't it didn't come out like that that's not what anyone in that room heard with his, when very loudly from the corner one of the TVs said wish us luck on our video we were uh, mm, what did they say uh, so i believe i believe they actually re-recorded the audio for that or changed how the audio sounded on that before the consumer release came out cuz uh, problematic Let's do it in the parlance of uh, 2023. It was problematic. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, it it was a really cool job. It was really weird because it was in this time when like PlayStation one, PlayStation two had just hit, like when they launched this PlayStation two and they had a bunch of issues uh, with supply line and stuff. (laughs) Funny how things never change. Right. And um, Sega, drove a truck into our parking lot that said, sorry to hear about your troubles, Sony with like a bunch of dreamcast logos all over it. That was like, so it was like, you're dealing with this crazy sophomoric era of video (laughs) games in a lot of ways. Yeah. Some guy like jumps out the trunk in blue face paint. He's like, like throwing like rings at people. (laughs) (laughs) But you, uh, there were two rules. There were two rules at that job. You had to wear your shoes and you couldn't fall asleep. If they caught you without your shoes on or sleeping, you were fired on the spot every time. Hmm. Like, and it was what I, I always felt it was so silly, but I saw it happen more times than you would think. Like, this is an awesome job. I got paid very well in 2000 and but 2000, I guess it was <laughs> to sit on my ass and play video games. Right. And write up reports. I got compensated extremely well for this. And I saw probably at least 10 people in that year and a half get fired for falling asleep or taking their shoes off. It's like, why would you like, what are you, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Just, I don't know. It was, it was mystifying to me. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say like, were the games that boring or was it just like people were just sometimes. Like- I mean, sometimes. Yeah. Like it, it was one of those things where, you if you got assigned a like a real bad kids game or or just a real bad game you know like there was this one tetris knockoff i got assigned that was just awful and broken and it just sucked like the music was bad the art was bad all the things and you just had to like get up and take a walk every now and then it's like yep okay it's been 45 minutes i'm gonna take a lap on the floor and come back just to get my blood moving because because also like it was dark you know, the, the, there were no big overhead lights on because everyone needs to see their TVs and everything. So it's dark and, you know, everyone has their headphones on. So it's quiet. Like, I, I got why it happened. But still, it's like, this is a sweet ass gig. Figure out how to not make it happen. You know, I, I don't know. 
<laughs> I always felt bad for when people got caught, though. It's like, man. You're like, bro, didn't you go to the Coke table over in the corner? Like, you didn't, yeah. you didn't go to the over there? No? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but also the people that took their shoes off. Like, it's, it's still it's still a job. This isn't your fucking house, bro. Like, come on. What are we doing? Uh, I mean, you got to know, like, still nowadays, people be taking their shoes off at the office. Like, you know, people be dirty. But also now it probably wouldn't be a rule. That's true. You know. Yeah. It was like when you got hired, they told you, leave your shoes on. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> it's like your job interview was like the fanciest you ever dressed at Sony at that point. It was like you went in in like a, like a tie and a button down shirt yeah. and some slacks. And then after that, you were just showing up in your Jenkos with like your, you know, <laughs> your, your uh, I want to say I went in there with like, yeah, a button down shirt, tie and slacks and got interviewed by a guy with like grease stains on his shirt that didn't fit him all that well. <laughs> yeah. like found a skittle on his pocket mid interview yeah, and was like yeah. ooh <laughs> Chris was rad though I don't want to talk shit about Chris he didn't dress the best way but yeah he was he was a good guy um, <laughs> but yeah no straight up just like Cheeto dust and stains on the shirt it was hilarious <laughs> well, um, you're like this is he, my boss <laughs> he legitimately looked like the comic book guy from Simpsons if the comic book guy had long hair like Legitimately, comic book guy does have long hair. <laughs> he's just, he's he, bald on the top, and then he's got the ponytail in the back. Okay, Chris, he wasn't bald, but like I should stop using his name. But he wasn't bald. It was like, <laughs> he, he had he had luxurious hair, but he was younger comic book guy. Yeah, 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 young young comic book guy for sure. Um, okay, the last story we have sucks. Do we want to talk about Microsoft laying off ten thousand people? Because that sucks. No, dude. Like, I don't, I don't need people to be worried about an economic downturn or a slow. This is this is a joyous podcast. We talk about funny things. Like, we should we should well, talk about the fun and the joy of life. The one thing I think is interesting from this, and I mean, of course, if you're listening and you lost your job, I'm, I'm sorry. That sucks. Um, most of the Xbox cuts. Sure, there were cuts from a lot of studios and stuff like that, but a large part of their cuts were from their VR AR teams. And it seems to me like Microsoft might be getting out of that game. Just, you know, what's not we're not going to do HoloLens. We're done. We're out of that bullshit. And, you know, maybe that maybe they looked around the room and saw how much money Facebook was throwing down a fucking Sarlacc pit and trying to make VR happen and was just like, we're, yeah, we're not going to make that same mistake. We're good. So I just thought that was interesting. It's a bummer because HoloLens is, was a really good idea. Like when they did that tech demo at, uh, E3, what, like three years ago, four years ago, four, maybe now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was legit, like turning your room into like an actual like video game, like using your actual physical surroundings to make. Oh, remember the Minecraft demo? The yeah, Minecraft demo was, was crazy. Yeah. Um, but the price tag on that thing was like ungodly, and like oh, yeah. that was also insane. Yeah, there wasn't gonna be there wasn't gonna be a market for that. Uh, so you know maybe it, maybe it is you know good to shelve it. It's like it's so sad because like VR has so much potential, and we're just like right on the cusp of that, and like nobody can really just nail that yet. But see that I also feel like. 
that was like COVID tech. When everyone was stuck indoors, it made a lot of sense. And people were like, yeah, the next big thing. Here we go. And then everyone went outside again. And people were like, yeah, don't need it. Not at all. Moving on. So don't, don't worry, Quest 2. They're not talking about you. Don't, <laughs> don't worry about would, that layer of dust over there. Don't worry about it. I would apologize to my... I would apologize to mine, but there's no fucking way it's charged. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it'll still hear you. It's a, <laughs> thoughts and prayers. <laughs> thoughts yeah. and prayers, Quest Two. <laughs> Facebook's always listening on my phone. Yeah, um, yeah. He's up in the big cloud in the sky, <laughs> uh, hanging out with none of the games I've downloaded because I haven't. Like you know, it's great. <laughs> oh man, that's. So true. Uh, that was one I got for it. Christmas. That's what mm-hmm. I got. I, no, I got it for my birthday one year, and my wife was really excited that she got it for me. And I'm just like, I never asked for this. I don't want it. But <laughs> yay! I keep trying to sell it back. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody will take it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like which one was the worst impulse purchase. Was it my Quest Two or was it my PSP? Because I don't think I ever played my PSP. Oh, you didn't even turn it into like an emulator machine? No. If I couldn't buy yeah. games for it, I wasn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't play it. I mean, that was the sole reason why I bought a PSP. Is my friend Derek got his modded, and you bet your ass, like me and Brent, like the next day went down to Game Crazy and got a couple <laughs> used PSPs, and we were like, "Fuck yeah, dude, mod this shit up." <laughs> That's why I got a Vita. After like the the Vita ship had sailed, but I knew a couple of people that hacked the hell out of them, and I'm like, yeah, I want that. Give me that. <laughs> Play Pokemans on my Vita. Hell yeah, let's do uh-huh. this. Well, I don't know what my biggest my biggest gaming misfire purchase was. I'm trying to think about this because, <clears throat> like I said, I didn't get the VR thing myself. Mm-hmm. Nor did I really ask for it. Um, we huh. get it. <laughs> you wanted huh. the pizza oven that went out in the backyard and you got a VR headset instead. I mean. <laughs> um, what about you, Justin? What's, what's like your biggest gaming purchase regret while I ponder this for a second? I honestly think mine was the DSi. Mm. Oh, okay. Like, cause I had a normal, I had a DS and I didn't get the DS light or anything like that. But then the DSI came out and what sold it to me was like the new WarioWare or whatever, the WarioWare DIY or whatever. I was like, Oh dude, cool. Like Wait, whatever. And cause it, like, didn't that launch the eShop? Yeah. Yeah. That had the eShop and you know, it had like a brighter screen and it was a little bigger and whatever. And I was like, Oh dude, like, you know, cool so i like wanted it for my birthday or whatever and i got it but i legitimately never played like i played the wario thing and that was literally it but it was also because like my actual ds was modded mm-hmm. and so i had all the game all the whatever but that didn't work on the dsi and i was like oh so I was like, I'm just never going to fucking use this. So it literally stayed like in the box forever. And I honestly think I traded it in to GameStop when we bought our PS3 <laughs> from GameStop. It was like that, like Megan's like old Samsung Galaxy 2 
like a stack of games and whatever. And I was like, whatever this gets me, put it towards a PS3. I mean, in all honesty, you could have used that Samsung Galaxy S2 and probably been a major upgrade for your phone. So, I mean, it's on you. Oh, come on. <laughs> Dude. I'll give it to Shannon. You know, Shannon needs those little W's when he can get them. So, you know what, Shannon? Taking the mini dubs. Yeah, <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> you took your shot, and I think it landed. So you know, every, every once in a while, a garbage can gets a steak. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I know mine now that I've thought about it. So I bought a Game Boy Advance, right? I think it was the purple one. Mm-hmm. But I had been dragging my feet on buying one, and then finally decided, F it, pulled the trigger because I, I want to say it was like the Super Mario Brothers three GBA came out or something like that and uh, pulled the trigger on it. And it was within two weeks, the SP came out (laughs) and I couldn't return it. And I was stuck with this fucking PBA for a good six months before I could afford to get rid of it and get an SP. It was like, God damn it. I hate that. And the SP is it's still the best thing Nintendo's ever released. That form factor, size, battery life, that thing is fucking amazing. Dude, what was funny was I almost got an SP for like when it came out or whatever, I almost got it for like my birthday. My mom was like, Did you want this for it? And it, they had like the demo thing at GameStop and I was playing it, but I had a Game Boy Advance and I was like, I don't really see like, yeah, cool, it folds and like whatever, but I didn't really see like the point mm-hmm. in it. And it's because the backlight was turned off on the demo version. I didn't realize it had a backlight. I just uh, thought it was like a normal Game Boy Advance, but whatever. And when my friend Derek got one and he's like, oh, dude, check it. And his had the backlight. I was like, <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch. Like, I totally would have wanted that had I known <laughs> it had a backlight. I was like, the fucking demo one I played had it turned off, apparently. And I had no idea. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's a game changer. Oh yeah, I'm over here with the little squiggle thing, like on mine, like playing with the yeah. fucking street lights, trying to make sure like, I don't die on the way home in the back seat. Yeah, hell yeah, you just get you gotta like we every every jump is timed perfectly for that street light. You're like, mom, yep. slow down, yep. dude, mom, slow down. Keep, keep pausing, and then you're like the red light, and you're trying to get to the end of the level real quick. <laughs> and you wonder why everybody's eyesight is shit nowadays. It's because we've all been playing Game Boys in the dark. <laughs> yeah. SP is a classic, though. I love that machine. It's fantastic. Well, Shannon, I think it's time we take a little journey. <laughs> going over here. I got a journey trash. Journey trash. Trash. Going. 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 Over here. Over here. Over here. Over there. Over there. Over there. Over there. Oh, trailer trash is sold to the man in the back. It's trailer trash. You know, Justin, I, I was taking a journey metaphorically, but <laughs> Shannon, Shannon literally took us on a journey. Good places. Yeah. I was impressed. Like, he committed to it. That's the most energy I've seen Shannon have all week. Right? <laughs> I, well, I don't know if you saw, but halfway in the middle of that, I just, like, crossed my arms and leaned back. I'm like, I don't see what he's doing. Where's he going with this? Yeah, I don't know. He's just, yeah, he, I'm taking you all on a journey, and uh, and we ended up. In the heart of trailer trash. Well, speaking of trailer trash and taking a journey, can we talk about Ghostface Takes Manhattan Scream 6? Yes, we can. God, it looks so good. I'm so fucking excited. 
Uh, the the convenience store opening of the of the trailer, very good, very. Dude, there's. Go ahead. No, I was just. There's so many moments in the trailer that just got me. So like the convenience store part you're talking about, <laughs> like where he gets the fucking like shotgun fucking dives yeah. and just boof. And I love that um, when he's oh God gail weathers or whatever when he's like in her place or yeah. whatever and she's like you're like the 10th guy to do he's like you've never met someone like me and he just comes like fucking bulldozing in. <laughs> it's so good and then there's the whole like ghost face like shrine it has all the robes from all the mm-hmm. previous killers and stuff and like that i've watched like multiple times and like froze it there and you can see like oh this is from scream one and this is two and this is from like the fifth movie it's just all the like different like bits and pieces from it i'm like dude so cool so wait so so the different are there different masks of like the different killers like are the is the scream mask like different in each movie or is it always like the same kind of attire so it's always the same like ish so that's what's interesting too in this one the kill it that we see the ghost face we see in this one his mask is kind of fucked up yeah it's like I'm elongated sure. almost it's elongated but it's also very worn and mm-hmm. i'm assuming that's the mask from the first movie if i had to guess that's the original mask and that's why because it's like you know 20 something years old or whatever so i'm assuming that's billy loomis's or whatever yeah. like mask from the original scream because i'm assuming this ghost face is like a collector of all the previous stuff so he has like all different outfits and masks and whatever from all the other scream movies which is weird because you would figure the police would keep all that stuff for evidence yeah but if you're a rich white guy shannon you can get anything you want oh so is this a white privilege movie then like I'm assuming. <laughs> aren't aren't all, all the screen movies what <laughs> yeah, movies? Yeah. Uh, I, right. I haven't watched since, I haven't watched a screen movie since three. So you know, I'm really hoping in this one. I really want them to finally like have three different ghost face. I think it's time. Like every movie's had two, except for three was the only one where there was only one ghost face. So I'm thinking it's about time. It's a big city. You know, so I'm assuming I want there to at least be three. I would be surprised if there was something more like four or five where it's like a group of them. Well, so you're saying all the ghost face on the subway car are in on it. They could be. That could be the twist is that, you know, they're all it could be any one of them or all. It's like a cult. Which actually the way these movies are would not surprise me in the slightest (laughs) if there was like a ghost face cult. So, well, and that's kind of what the last one was or whatever was the two ghost faces were the they were fans super fans of the stab franchise which is the movies based off the events of the scream movies and stuff and they were creating their own they're like the stab reboot sucks whatever we're making our own reboot of the stab franchise which was like scream five or whatever okay so remember when scream first came out it was just kind of like you know, they had like Jamie Kennedy who was just kind of being like, okay, this is what we have to do to survive because like this guy's copying like all of the horror tropes, like, right? So, like, this is how, how we, this is what we have to do, right? Now it's mm-hmm. just like its own, it's morphed into like this serial killer copycat kind of thing, it, right? It's become the thing it used to make fun of. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Okay. This, 
but they still do do that though like and that's what um in this one kirby is back in this one which she was in one of the survivors of scream 4 and she's like a huge movie buff person of especially horror movies and stuff too so i think she's also gonna help fill that jamie kennedy role in the new one okay is she's gonna be the one that's like look i've watched all these movies like we know what's going on this is what we need to do and i remember you saying in the last screen movie like the kills were visceral and graphic like are you expecting more of that in this one or are you expect them to kind of pull it back a little bit Oh no, this one, dude, this one looks like, this is probably the most aggressive Ghostface we've ever, like normally Ghostface doesn't use guns until the very end. Like usually that's always like during the big reveal, they have like a handgun and that's what I have. Like the convenience store, like him actually using a shotgun, like in the beginning, like tells me it's like, oh, like he's not fucking around this time. Like he's going all out on it uh, i'll be honest though as for someone like me that has kind of lived through this once already with the uh friday the 13th series as soon as i saw him grab and shoot a shotgun i laughed out loud i'm <laughs> like oh they're doing this stupid shit okay all right like i've seen this before and it's it, it and i mean i wasn't being facetious it totally reminds me of like jason or friday the 13th 8 jason takes manhattan where it's mm-hmm. it's like yeah we're gonna drop him in new york Oh no, watch what happens. Like and, and so I'm hoping I'm hoping it it plays with that in a fun way for people yeah. like me that are coming to it with those type of like, oh, this is gonna be a bunch of bullshit because of X, Y, and Z. And my faith is that Scream has enough history of self-awareness that they can like make that work for it. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I would be so surprised if like Jason does Manhattan does not get referenced in this movie. I feel like they will blatantly be like, have you seen this movie? Like (laughs) we know what's going to happen here. So, yes. Nice. Well, uh, I uh, wanted to talk now that, now that we're going to move on from the scary stuff, because I'm not going to see that movie. um, Let's talk about the polite society. Uh, I have no idea what this is. Please talk to me about it. Bro, okay, you got to check out that trailer. So I dropped it in the Discord because I saw it uh, early on in the week. It's, uh, uh, I think it's put out by Focus Interactive. So it's in, in, you know, it's got that Bollywood-type um, aesthetic to it. But it's basically mm-hmm. about this woman who wants to be a stunt woman in, ho- in, in movies. Okay. Um, the only person who's really believed in her and has supported her through the whole endeavor is her sister and her sister falls in love with a gentleman who the other sister thinks is kind of sus. Um, So she does her homework and she finds out that the family is doing something nefarious. Uh, The trailer doesn't really go into what they're doing, but um, she then is like puts plans in motion to rescue her sister from this family. Um, and it turns into a crazy action heavy movie. Um, you know, people are getting kicked in the trophy cases, you know, mm-hmm. you know, doing all the, the crazy action sequence stuff that you would expect fight sequences, all choreographed in like a Bollywood style motif, which I think is crazy. It's awesome. It's beautiful. Um, the scenes mesh well together. It's got all the great. I mean, like it's got the the girl from the Umbrella Academy um, season, like you know the the one that was the 
the I guess the head lady's daughter. Oh yeah, the it? love interest for uh, yeah Diego. Uh, Diego. Diego. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so she was awesome in, in Umbrella Academy. Yeah, she's in it. The mom from uh the 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 bad lady from Ms. Marvel uh was in it. Uh mm-hmm. is in it as well and she plays the the heel in this one as well. Um yeah. so there are a bunch of um you know there there are some like you know big name actors uh in this in this movie. So, you know, uh I'm down for it. I think Justin was excited for it. You you down? Um, yeah, no. I, w- I hadn't heard of it until you posted the trailer in Discord, and when I watched it, I I was like, "Damn, dude, this looks like better Miss Marvel." Yeah, yeah. I just, like, that's exactly what I thought. I was I was watching the trailer while you were talking, and I'm sitting. I had that same thought. I'm like, "Wow, Miss th- Marvel would have been way more entertaining if it would have been just this." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, I'm. It comes out in what March, I think. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be uh, high on my watch list. I definitely want to see it in a the theater. Well, gentlemen, I think it's time to talk about the reason we're really here, which, uh, oh boy, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, the second trailer has dropped. Shannon's hype levels cannot be contained. Dude, he's like day one. Day one. Hundred. Gabe's movie night. I, I will wait for that to come onto a streaming service that I do not have to pay for. <laughs> that's that's when I will watch that movie. Yeah, it's like a Tubi it is. <laughs> so so my I watched it before we started recording because I wasn't aware that it had come out. And the first thing I said to both of my co-hosts was they made Thor Ragnarok, but with another Chris, basically. Like <laughs> I mean, Fast and Furious Lady is taking the place of Valkyrie and uh, you have Chris Pine instead of Hemsworth and there's a fucking Led Zeppelin song in it. Like, come on. Like, it's just so obvious. What are we doing? <sighs> you got the dude from Detective Pikachu who's a mage. Yeah. Your yeah. comic relief. Hugh Grant is still there doing something in the movie. There's there's a freaking... Uh, uh, the Sakar battle sequence, like at a Coliseum, even. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah. So I think the Letty character needs to come crashing in on like a chariot that's on fire and like just takes somebody out, and she's like, "That's too fast and too furious," or something. <laughs> like, if there's no Fast and Furious reference in that movie, I will be upset. She's like, "I'd do anything for my party." <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, it looks I can't tell if it's the right amount of stupid or the worst amount of stupid. I can't ch- I can't tell. Like it's I think it's going to be de- it's really going to be dependent on how self-aware the movie is while you're watching it. Like if it's winking and nodding at you the whole time while it's doing this really dumb shit, it probably is going to be really fun. But if it's like no no we're not doing really dumb shit. Look at how great this movie is. It could be pretty bad. I mean, it looks bad. Like, I mean, that you could tell the clear difference in special effects and the stage and the scenery. I mean, there's that one part where Hugh Grant is like, uh, well, did, did he say like, I don't, I don't want to watch you die. 
So I'm just going to leave. But like that whole sequence where he's saying that, like he's sitting down on like this stage and like you could tell that that is a stage. That is not <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> that is wood that he is sitting on, like a poorly fabricated wood stage. So like, yeah, I was I was just. And then there was that one sequence at the end where they're trying to show like all of the D&D classes coming together to fight like a big baddie and like the magic coming out of that dude's hands looks janky as fuck like the special effects look really bad on the warrior like it just it looks rough Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm even if the movie took itself like even if there was a lot of wink and nods i don't think there's a lot that can save the special effects and the hokiness of it right yeah like that pulls me out of it. Like one, it's one thing if the movie is well made, but it's giving you subtle nods and eh, little elbows here and there. Eh, eh. Like, how about this? Huh? This isn't D and D, right? Like, I read a D and D book once. Um, like I'll I'll go with that. Like I'll play, mm-hmm. but it has to look good. This doesn't. This doesn't look good. Yeah. It. <laughs> Justin, <sighs> you gonna watch this day one? You are you are you gonna be that one guy that's gonna be in? The, are you gonna make the ten dollars for them on opening day? On opening day, no. <laughs> opening weekend, I am probably I am probably gonna end up go see it though. I know you know shrimp fried Matt's a huge D and D person. Megan likes Chris Pine and fantasy stuff, so I think it's gonna be a you know go grab lunch and go swing by and see D and D on the weekend or something. And matinee, matinee price, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the old get that old fifty percent off, pay seven dollars to yeah. go see Chris Pine fool around. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I, I I am actually curious to see what the reviews are for that one because, like I said, it could be one of those ones that's just it's more of a comedy and so it's funny, but it also could not be, but it's funny and then it's bad and kind of sad. So <laughs> this might be a movie that you get up and leave the theater. <laughs> Well, that, no, that was the first Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be two for two for Zach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he they... gets up and leaves the theater and he's like streaming it at home on Paramount and just gets up and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Never comes back. <laughs> Kids, I'm going out for some cigarettes. I'll see you in yep. about 20 years. <laughs> yeah, you're going to you're gonna pack smokes, guys. I'll be back. <laughs> it's just raise a whole family of people who hate Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I got All right. Sorry. Well, I suppose that wraps up a little trailer trash. Um, <laughs> shall we move into what we've been playing? Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, hey, Justin, do you want to pause it right here real quick and I'll grab Jonathan. You can join us. <laughs> hey, Jonathan, come here. Finally. Finally. Kids bring in the energy. Oh, 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 oh <laughs> no! Off to a great start. What's your? Oh damn, he's gonna gonna kick Zach out of his of his chair and of the co-host chair and everything. That's fine. But can you hear? Yeah. Okay. Can you hear? I'm barely. As long as you can. Um. All right. So I'll I'll start then, and then. Mm. Hey. Don't speak until I introduce you. (laughs) 
All right, so we'll do a little weekly consultation here. Um, so, guys, I haven't really played anything all week, but last week we were talking about uh, this kind of whole genre of games that, like, Five Nights at Freddy's has spawned, uh, and I thought it would be fun to explore that a little further. So I've brought in an expert, gentlemen. I brought in someone that knows this genre better than anyone else I know. I'd like to introduce everyone to my son, Jonathan. Jonathan. Hello. There's that energy we need. Some high energy. You've already out energized Shannon by a million. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. uh, Yes. Love it. Love the energy. Bring it. (laughs) So. As I was telling everyone, uh, you are, can you not dance while we're doing this, please? Uh, You are my expert for all of these sorts of games. What, do you know what these kind of games are called? Horror games. Well, no, there's not just horror. Yeah. It's like horror games inside of games. So, so you started this with uh, Rainbow Friends, right? Yes. And Rainbow Friends is a game where you show up at a school, no, a field trip, right? Yeah, it's like if you're, a, they're like, you're like middle school or high school students going on a field trip. But then Red, the scientist of the Rainbow Friends, turns this on to Oddworld. Oddworld is like a big carnival you're supposed to be going to. Change it to the Rainbow Friends house. Okay, maybe talk a little slower. Because you're running together. Changed it to the Rainbow <laughs> Friends play place. And, I, and I'm just like, dude, are you literally blind? The Ferris wheel is literally on top of the cliff. So anyway. I apologize if he's yelling to everyone, but yeah, he gets excited. So anyway, now you have to survive five nights with the Rainbow Friends. Night one, blue comes out. And then night two, you see green. Green is... Blind, but he can still hear. And okay, so just to sum up for everyone, so every night is a different color, and they're, but they're like levels, right? Yeah. Like the blue they, level, the green level, the red level. But they keep staying for every night. Like blue and green stay on night three with the other runs. And Shannon, so they, you would it not, builds up. Shannon, you would not play this game because there's a lot of jump scares. Mm-hmm. Only mm-hmm. four. That's a, that's four too many for Shannon. <laughs> Yeah, Shannon can't even play Luigi's Mansion without shaking in his boots. <laughs> it's true. Big, big was big, not not my forte. Well, then you're really not gonna like this game he's been playing most recently, which is. Well, I've been playing the two types of it: Poppy Playtime and Project Playtime, mm-hmm. which is you are an old worker at this toy factory, Playtime Co. Okay. A huge accident happened, which made all the staff disappear. Then you get a message from it that says, find the flower. So you go back in, have to find a code with the strain. I think the code is the same every time. Because every single time I I watch a YouTube video, it's the same. It's green, pink, yellow, red. Okay, but how about tell us your experience, not the YouTube experience. Yeah, so anyway, I started with chapter two. I didn't do chapter one yet. Chapter two, fly in a web. So, you free. I'll just explain chapter one real quick. You go back into the factory, enter the code to get a grab pack. So, just so everyone knows, you're like a little dude and you have extendy arms. 
and hands. Which is the grab pack. So the grab pack, you get hands for it, and the hand, it's like, like kind of like a toy future feature. I just say future feature that like you like press a button and the hand extends. So like you're gonna have you use those hands throughout the game. Like like sometimes you you have a blue and ha red hand for chapter one. Red mm -hmm. hand you get after you find all these blocks and this crane knocks it down. Okay, but I don't think we need to go into the fine details of the game. But like, why do you like these games? Like, cause you. And then what's the one you were talking about last week, Justin? Uh, Garden of... Garden of Bonbon. Yeah, Garden of Bonbon. Yeah. By the way, it's free. So, what what do you like about these? Like, why why do you find yourself wanting to play them? Because, like, it looks, like, very fun. Like, all the puzzles and, like, things. Mm -hmm. But, like, the jump scares are the main card for me. Like, like I didn't want to play Chapter 1. One, because it was, like, just a maze. And two... Chapter two is not as big as this. But two, the jump scares are scarier. Even though there's one jump scare. Chapter two is just jump scares that aren't even. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I have a question for you. You've yes. played multiple, like, all, you've played, you know, this Project Playtime and you've played Rainbow Friends. Which one is scarier? Project Playtime by Millennium. Rainbow Friends are just these different colored monsters. And, is, and is that because Rainbow do. Friends exists in, like, Roblox? So it's not, like, you don't get scary lighting or scary music yeah. or any of that stuff? Well, we kind of get a little bit of scary music, but not, like, scary lighting or anything. Mm -hmm. Just Night 4 is the scariest because it's just in the dark. That is, like, a flashlight. So if I throw away, you get from the mic, it's harder to hear you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So, the, uh, so in Project Playtime, is it, like, a very low light? game like is is it basically just a small sphere of light around you that you can see or is it is it like a you're in a factory you said so is the factory dimly lit is it um... so project playtime is a multiplayer like theater or a toy factory just poppy okay. playtime is the toy factory project playtime is a multiplayer version oh, okay so that's that's where one person's a monster against a yeah. bunch of yeah workers. the monster will be either a skin or just a regular, a boxy boo, a jack in the box, huggy wuggy, one of the scariest of all of them, and then mommy long legs. Mommy long legs. Not daddy hmm. long legs. Mommy long legs. <laughs> Interesting. Would you say the puzzles in these, like, are the puzzles in these games hard, or are they like fairly yep. easy? The puzzles in chapter one is just the main huggy wuggy chase. When, like, you're free hugging, you have to go in this vent. That's one of the main puzzles. Because Huggy is very... Okay, he's not asking what the puzzle is. He's asking, are they, like, easy to solve? So, they... the ones in Project Playtime are easy. Just, like, memory games and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. a few of the ones in Chapter 2 are easy and hard. Like, Musical Memory is easy. Black of Wuggy is, like, media. Statues is just pure chaos. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So yeah. when you so it sounds like there's a good mix then. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're trying to do these puzzles, are you looking at playthroughs first, or do you like to uh, basically solve it on your own and then see how well, other people? I try to solve it on my own first, but if I can, I look at I like fast forward to where I am in the game. It and like a like a hundred percent playthrough. I like fast forward to where I am in a game. Okay. Also, he's 
lying. He watches the whole thing first, and then. <laughs> no, I actually the day after Pokemon Scarlet came out, you were like, "Oh, hey, want to see the ending of the game? Here's this video." And I'm like, "No, like, what are you doing?" So that does bring up an interesting point. So because you do watch Let's Players and stuff play these games for. Do you think that impacts like your experience playing it with the jump scares and stuff? If you know it's already coming, are you not as scared as if you were just going in completely blind, not knowing what's about to yeah, happen? Yeah, I'm not, like, it's like, good thing I know about, like, when Poppy pushes a crate down. Because, like, you can easily get distracted by looking at this huggy cut on, and then there's, like, the crate gets on, and you're like, <laughs> So... <laughs> Good thing I've seen that, like, a few times, so I can actually defend against that. Like, a few of the other jump scares are just... Like, like are they... Are they are the jump scares in the game, like, set? Like, they're gonna happen at that point every yeah. time? Okay. Yeah, okay. like, the mommy long legs grab also. It's always, like, the same exact time in the game. So, to, to Justin's point, when you watch a playthrough video and you know that's gonna happen... Like, it's not as scary because yeah. you've seen it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I sometimes just, like, yeah. act scared for fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, when um, the puppy crate dropped, I was like, cool. Like, ah! <laughs> it's, just, it's just for fun. <laughs> Good thing I know it all. Well, all right. So, we're... Oh, we need to send a shout-out to one Mr. Platinum, Jordan Derringer, who sent us his copy of Five Nights at Freddy's. Security Breach. Security Breach. Which came today. Which came today, and I'm making Jonathan wait until tomorrow to play it. (laughs) Can I play it in the morning? No. Dang it! I've got school in the morning. (laughs) When I wake up at six. No. Why? No. Why? Because you're going to wake me up. Um, Somebody's going to come down with a 24-hour cold. (laughs) Um, But yes, we wanted to say, can you say thank you to Jordan? Thank you. And uh, (laughs) thank you, sir, for your expertise on this matter. uh, Yes, I I feel like I get to live vicariously through you in games I'll never play. (laughs) (laughs) Could you say goodnight to the guys? Good night. Good night. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> All right. Well, that is uh, that's that's what's been happening in my gaming world. I'm uh, stealing your AirPod. Uh, and he's stealing my AirPod. <laughs> and <laughs> and he's gone. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna tune this out anyway because the next game that Justin and I are gonna talk about, we're gonna gush about like little schoolgirls, and you're gonna go take a nap. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna Justin. go get my AirPod back, but please. please. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Justin, um, tell me about a little ditty that you've been playing this week. Yeah, I've been playing this little game. It came out. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called Fire Emblem Engage. Oh, really? Tell me about this game. Yeah, let me tell you what. <laughs> I've been engaged. I can tell you that much, man. Dude, I I booted it up at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. on Thursday when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I have been playing it ever since. And I love it. I'm Mark it in your notes, boys and girls. I'm going to say it right now. I'm... 99.9999% sure that this 
will end up somewhere on my game of the I'm year. Put, I'm putting it on a sticky note right here. I'm going to say... All right, put it on the sticky that, note. That's like what, what, the most formal of notes. Yes, it, because it goes so, on my monitor. Uh, one twenty-three. I feel the need to ask the pertinent question. Why? Because like the three houses didn't ma- do that, right? I don't remember three houses having that strong of an effect on you. So, well, fire. Also, so, uh, three houses is also two years old, three years old now, right? Didn't come out last yeah, year. Yeah, it might have. Yeah, it might have. I might not have a hundred percent. Was I? i can't tell you but what i will tell you is so out of all the fire emblem games i've played awakening on the 3ds is my absolute favorite like that i've played and this game is like a beautiful marriage between three houses and awakening it like takes some of the best elements of both and puts it together in a streamlined way. So one of the big complaints and you know, Shannon never even finished three houses, but it's like, there's a lot of content in three houses and a lot of like doing shit at the school and talking to people and tea parties and this and that. And there's a lot of in between filler stuff between missions in three houses. Whereas on the opposite side of the coin, awakening doesn't have any of that. And it's like a very much, overworld map you're kind of just going from dot to dot to dot on the map going into each battle and then like when you enter each chapter you get the story beats or whatever and then you go into your battle and just kind of continues on what this does is it does a little bit of a combination of both where you do have your little hub world you have this like little island thing that is like your base and when you recruit people and stuff they're like kind of all over the place you have like a little farm with uh you can adopt animals which i think is fun i have a i have a couple pigeons and some cats and sheep and stuff and dogs and uh you have a like a little cafe area which they also had in three houses where you can gather ingredients to cook meals and you get to select two different people to join you for your meals depending on the meal and stuff some people like it whatever and it'll give them stat boosts and whatever and help uh build your relationship with these people so that on the battlefield the higher relationship is like you get kind of stat buffs from them and stuff like if you're next to them they will support you in battle better and will like join you and stuff so it's beneficial to it's not something you have to do but it's something that in the long run having you know, closer teammates and stuff on the battlefield will benefit you in the long run, especially in later chapters once there's a lot of enemies and they're a lot harder. Uh, one of my favorite new things that they added is the arena, which is really cool, where you can go in and between battles, it like recharges. You can do it three times and then it's like spent or whatever. And then, but then you go out, do battle, whatever. You can come back and you can do it three more times. And it kind of just auto plays. You just select a character like in your party and it will choose another random character in your party for them to fight against. And if they win, they get a bunch of experience. Even if they lose against the person, they still get a little bit of experience. But either way, it also builds the relationship between those two people as well. Like it helps in that regard too. 
but it's a good way to like, oh, like they just need a little bit more to get to the next level. So you can sit there and just run a couple battles and get that extra experience before going into the next fight, which is really handy. Yeah, I, but, uh, I love this game and I think about it constantly. I want to play it when I'm not playing it. And uh, yeah, it's the graphics are good. Um, there is a lot of pop in. Um, that's kind of, I guess, how they keep the game, um, you know, at a crisp, you know, high frame rate um, while still looking pretty is, you know, there have been times where I've been, you know, just walking around and like all of a sudden like, oh, one of my teammates is like standing there like and he wasn't there like two seconds ago, um, you know, but like I got like five steps away from him and they're like, oh, we got to put that asset right there. So, um, you know, that they are doing some stuff to that game to make it, you know, work a little better um, with the graphics that they're trying to use. That being said, like, um, I like the fact that they kind of did the uh, Mario and Rabbids thing where, like, now you just kind of have an area where you can move instead of actually having, like, a grid. Um, yeah. So it makes things a lot smoother when you're actually, like, doing your tactical, like, placement. Um, I like that there's a lot more voice acting um, in these games um, because these games are very story-heavy. Um, so you know, you could just set it to like autoplay and like get through a lot of the, um, you know, the dialogue choices and trees. Um, I like the combat. I like all of the classes, you know, it's a very comfort food kind of feeling when like you go back into one of these games and you got your knights and your pegasuses and your archers. Um, you they went back to a very simple, uh, fighting structure. So it's, you know, swords beat axes, axes beat, uh, lances, lances beat swords. Um, Archers will just decimate anything flying. Um, and then, you know, you have your magic classes that take out your knights. Um, so, you know, everything's familiar. Um, I do still think that the overworld is a little too big. Like, you know, the school was massive in three houses. Yeah. Um, but they toned it down a little bit in this one, which is fine. But I still feel it's big. Um, you know, the 3DS is one of the things I liked about the 3DS is it was always a top-down view of your hub world uh, and the, like Awakening and, and those games. Like it was just a top-down view of your, you know, your compound. And then you basically went over like the watering hole, did some fishing, went over here, talked to some people, went to your house, like upgraded some stuff and bam, you're like back out, like fighting again. Um, you know, I, I wish it, it was, there was a little bit more simplicity to the hub world. Um, but other than that, um, you know, I'm enjoying the hell out of this game. Yeah, I really like a lot of the characters that we have in this one, too. And that's kind of the new feature with this. The engage part of Fire Emblem Gate is you're collecting the 12 engage rings. And each of them has the spirit of someone from fire emblem pass so it's like the first one you obviously get is marth he's like the one that's for your main character and then there's other ones throughout like roy's in it i uh like all of them i only have i think i'm on chapter i think eight right now um in total there's i think 24 chapters is what i read um and uh i only have i think four maybe five of the engage rings so far and 
I like that system a lot. And it it makes it so that, like normally you would be like, oh, well, I don't want to, I want to hold on till, you know, I get to the boss, whatever, to use the engagement. Like I'm going to sit there. I don't want to constantly use it or whatever because then it'll be used up before I get to like the big bad that I want to use it against or whatever. But the way they kind of get around that is there's spots on the map that are blue that if you like go on it and wait or whatever, it'll refill like your stuff refills naturally as you kind of go like move throughout the map. Like after you use the engage thing, it lasts a turn or two and then it's drained. And then as you move throughout the map or whatever, it'll gradually refill. But if you land on one of those blue spots, it will fully recharge it for you. And it they want you to constantly activate the engage rings and stuff because you get uh, you build relationships with the engaged uh, people as well. And you get, as you level up with them, you get different um, perks and stuff that you can like inherit from them and stuff. Like I was telling Shannon before the podcast, one of my favorite ones is there's this girl who she's a healer, but she also does like bare knuckle fighting and stuff. And honestly, in any other Fire Emblem game, I, I probably would have benched her already. Like, she's not usually the type of unit I would use. I would have, as soon as I got, like, a better, like, wizard or an archer or something, I would have been like, nope, you're gone. But I equipped this engage ring to her that the guy has a horse, so she can move further because of him. And then when she is activated with the engage ring, she gets access to his weapon, which is a lance. And so... Now it's like, cool, she's bare knuckle and she can heal, but now she can also use lances. And one of the specials is that you can do this dash through multiple units and it also allows you to push forward really far too. So if you're trying to like get up really deep into the map and stuff, it's useful for that too. But I will usually throw her out as like bait and then people will start kind of swarming in trying to like attack her and do whatever and it'll get people lined up on the map for me. And I'm like, dope. And then I'll just activate the engage ring. And I'm like, you guys fucked up, bro. And then I'll just blast through them. And it's so good. And then, like, some, it gets gradually, like, strong. Like, the more units you go through, like, the first guy, it does a little bit of damage. Like, second guy it goes through, yeah, it's taking about half his health down. The third guy, it usually either completely knocks him out or will get him very low in health so that's cool too because you'll do that and if you have other units in the wings they can swoop in and pick them off which is super useful and the best thing which i know a lot of complaints about breath of the wild about weapon durability and stuff they got rid of weapon durability which in uh awakening it had to like you would get silver weapons and stuff but it's like you never want to use them because you're like okay i want to save these for the strong battles and whatever because you know they're expensive to buy and so with this one, the fact that you don't have to worry about stuff breaking means you only have to buy it once, which you can also upgrade your weapons, which is nice too. So it's like, okay, instead, that's where you're investing the money now. Instead of buying like five silver swords or whatever, you're just getting the one silver sword and working your way to get it like plus two or plus three or whatever. So 
you don't have to worry about that. So, and then you can pick up extra, when you pick up extra weapons, it's like, cool. Now this person can have a better sword on my team or whatever. I don't have to constantly sit there and like swap equipment and stuff like that. Like, okay, everyone can get decent equipment now. Yeah. I also like the fact that they've streamlined the inventory system so that you can just hit like, um, you could just do like best equipment or like, you know, optimize equipment. And then basically like they just get like everything that you have that's in your inventory that would work well for them is basically just applied to them. Um, and you know, that's something that helps me out because like, I don't want to go through all of the items in my inventory and pick all that stuff out. Just do it for me. Like I just want to play the game and I want to yeah. have fun doing it. Yeah. There's lots of quality of life, little improvements. Like in previous Fire Emblem games, you had to have a thief character in order to uh, pick open treasure chests and stuff like that. Now, Anybody can open a treasure chest, and if a bandit or something opens a treasure chest first and takes the treasure out of it, you just have to kill them, and you get whatever they stole, which is super nice, too, because there's lots of times where, oh, well, they're going to beat me to it, but I'm like, all I have to do is block the exit, <laughs> and I'm like, they're not getting away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I still get it. Um, the one other thing that I would say I don't like is the, um, the enemy's uh, voice work. Like they are kind of annoying to listen to them get pummeled, <laughs> you know, when like you when you take them out or you destroy them, they're kind of annoying to listen to over and over again. Yeah, they do kind of do the tip like, ah, you got like some of them do have kind of a, I can see where you're coming from with that. Some of them do have like annoying voice stuff. Yeah. Um, but I will say if you are playing one thing, especially for you, Shannon, that I recommend because I didn't know this and I had to look it up. Because with the uh, engage ring stuff, like once they hit a certain like level four, mm -hmm. in order to do level five through ten, they have to have like a conversation back in like the little hub world or whatever in order to get to the next level. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how do I start this conversation? Like I couldn't figure it out. I was trying to run and talk to them like on the map and stuff. And I'm like, dude. I don't know how to, it, it told me like, oh, they can't level up anymore. You need to have this conversation. I'm like, how do I do that? <laughs> in, in the start menu, when you're in the hub world, there's a little tab called resources. Mm -hmm. And when you click that, there's two different options. And one of them lets conversations happen between your units, which is how you build your relationships with them. But then the other one is conversations between units and their engage ring, which then lets that conversation. And you'll know when you need to have one because it'll have like the little yellow speech bubble thing next to them or whatever. So that's how you know a conversation has to happen. Mm -hmm. But I literally had to look up a YouTube video <laughs> on how to get that to happen because I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And after like trying to run around and figure it out for 15 minutes, I looked it up. And I'm like, why the fuck is this called resource? Like I would never look under resources <laughs> to mm -hmm. try and like, have a conversation with somebody and the fact that once i figured it out i'm like okay that makes sense i guess whatever like i'll remember that from now on but that initial time i had no idea what the hell i was supposed to do <laughs> yeah yeah there for as many quality of life improvements there are there's also a lot of stuff that like just like that that there's a lot of new stuff that they put in there that's kind of confusing so you know it, you take the good with the bad it's the facts of life, but, um, you know, <laughs> I got a little chuckle out of Zach. That's good. It's good. Um, you did. You did. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a good game. I'm enjoying it. I, I'm probably going to play it for a half hour before I go to bed. 
All right. Yeah, we won't torture Zach anymore with it. Well, are we uh, hearing sirens? I hear some sirens. All right. That trailer is <laughs> in no, trouble. That, that it's in trouble. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying the siren is like a tornado. It's coming oh, through the trailer. Okay. All right. All right. Well, what is it? What, what are we going to talk about? Because we can't talk about the glass onion because Zach hasn't watched it yet. So, uh, how about your reaction to the menu, Shannon? Bro. Okay, so great movie. I'm going to tell you right now. That movie is like, I like that movie a lot. Um, I do. Uh, like, it, I, I, I told my fiance that we were going to watch this movie and I did not give her any uh, explanation of what the movie was about. Right. So like she went down that road of like, it's going to be about cannibalism and like, there's a, a, a moment in the middle of the movie where like, there's like a hard pivot. Like, you know, it goes from being just like a dinner, like kind of exhibition to like this more uh, devious kind of situation. And uh, like, you know, she, at that moment she was like, I hate this movie, but I love this movie because like everything they're saying about like people in general and this culture and this society is true. And at the same time, like, you know, you want you don't want these people to you know die but at the same time you understand why they're gonna die <laughs> you know you can you can see both sides of the coin and you it kind of makes you feel bad for rooting for somebody to just die so um it does a very good job of making you feel uncomfortable in the experience but at the same time it's very well acted um, there's a lot of big name actors in it. Like nobody in there is chewing up scenery. Everybody in there is like selling this movie and Ray Fiennes does a great job. Uh, you know, the, um, Anya Taylor, whatever her name is from, uh, the Queen's Gambit. I mean, she's, this is like a, a hard pivot from like that role. Like, you know, I, like that's the only thing I've really kind of seen her in. So like, this is kind of refreshing to see her kind of break out of that kind of situation or that role. Um, you know, the, uh, the gentleman that, um, that Justin likes, I forget his name. Um, Nicholas Holt. Yeah, dude, he's, he's great. Like he makes his character makes all like a, just a hard pivot, like going from like being like this, like nice guy to being like this jerk by like the third course. And you're just like, Jesus Christ. Like this guy like deserves the Tyler's bullshit. Like the whole situation. Like he does, he get he gets what he deserves. Um, but yeah, it was, it's, it's crazy. It's weird. It's a, it's, it's one of those movies where you finish watching it and you're just like, bro, like I liked the experience. I liked watching it. I don't know if I would watch it ever again, you know? Um, but you, is it you one ask, of those, is it one of those movies where like, once you know the trick, you can't really. You yeah, know, like a, it kind of like six cents. Once you know the twist, it's like, ah, oh, okay. You kind, you see it coming, right? Like you see mm-hmm. this, you see the train coming down the tracks. You know what's going to happen, right? Like they don't. There's no twist. There's no, like there's there's the reveal of what the actual menu is and like what the event is, right? Like there's that reveal. But once it gives you like that information you're heading that's your destination like there's no there's no real twist there there's no surprises the questions i have are like you know like 
the people in this situation, like, would it? If I was in that situation, what have I, what would I have done? Because these people like basically just laid down and accepted their fate. Like, but at the mm. end of the movie, like it is what it is. Like none of them really tried to do anything other than, you know, what they were doing. Um, they didn't try to get escape. They didn't try to fight. They didn't do anything. Like one dude, halfway through the movie, tries to leave, gets his finger cut off, and after that, everybody is just like, nope, not gonna. I'm not gonna rock the boat. Not gonna do anything. Uh, to uh, to try to preserve myself, uh, and like you know, <laughs> so it was a little, um, you know, it, I had some questions there, but for the most part, like everything else was was great, was well acted. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, it didn't feel long. Like it felt like it. It felt very succinct. It ties itself up at the end. I think it was hilarious how like he went out. Like the dessert was like. <laughs> The dessert was hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, it's not because it's not. It's never so much about the like what's gonna happen. Like they say from being like, no, by the end of the meal, you're all gonna die. So it's like that's not the twist. It's not the what's gonna happen. It's the how is it gonna happen, mm-hmm. and the how it happens is what's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, um, but I did like the, um, you know, there was a there was like a legit like reason there, right? Like. Ray finds is the uh, is the head chef and he's like look he's like you guys legitimately ruined something that I basically brought me all of the joy in my life like all of you that are in this room have caused me to lose to lose the joy like I no longer find this fun I no longer find this um satisfying in any way shape or form this is just i'm a shell of a person now because of you guys um and so you know his interaction between um anya taylor joy i think is her name and like him like and ray finds like they're acting together like him wanting to know why she's there and wanting to because like she's a fill-in right like she's she deviates from the plan like he has this Every, this whole thing scripted like he, everybody who is invited there is there for a reason but she was a last minute addition she's an outlier she throws off everything and his obsession with her and like who, who she is and why she's there and is she really like one of these people that deserves to be in this situation um that whole setup was great like her arc and the way that her story ends in the movie is good like it is, it is, it is pretty great. So I, I, you know, if you have time, I would say it's a, it's a good movie, but, um, I would say you got to watch the glass onion first. Um, that's, okay. you gotta, gotta watch the glass onion. Fair we enough. need to talk about it. Okay. But yeah, that's all I got. Justin, what do you got? So I did watch, uh, the new episode of the last of us mm. and man, dude, this new episode was a banger. Like it, you you get to see like actual clickers in this one, and they are fucking terrifying. Like mushroom, like finally, like because in the first episode and stuff, you kind of see they're more, they look more like people, and like most of the spore ish like shit is like on the inside, and yeah, they look a little bit, but no, you get to see like the like mushroom head, like doesn't yell just 
like running all shaky body at you, like hordes of them. Like it's genuinely like scary looking. So are the mushroom people moist? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they do, they do look a little glisteny, um, but we got some, you know, uh, they got, Oh, I mean, we are in the spoiler zone. So we got to the part where um, they went to Joel. And instead of being followed by, like, the military and stuff, they the, what they kind of switched it up a little bit. And they're trying to take... Uh, God, I, I am so fucking horrible. They're trying to take little girl to... <laughs> Ellie? Uh, Ellie? Ellie, yes, there we go. They're trying to take Ellie to <laughs> the girl. Firefly. Yeah, little girl. <laughs> uh, they're trying to take Ellie to the Firefly camp and stuff, and they stop at this, like, fancy... Well, it's not fancy anymore, but it was, you know, prior to the apocalypse. Uh, hotel. And it's all kind of, like, run down, and they it got revealed, you know, at the end of the last episode that Ellie was bit. And so Joel and... T- Tara, Tara, whatever her name is, are like very wary of her because, you know, she's been bit and they don't understand like why, like they think Joel thinks like at any minute, you know, that she could change. And she's like, dude, like my bite is healed. Like it's not infected. Uh, I'm not changing. Um, That's why I was so important to this person and why they're having you take me to this camp is because they think that with me or whatever, that there's like a cure. And so they're trying to transport her and they run into a bunch of clickers and they kind of changed it in this one where since they're not doing the spore thing anymore, I guess like actual like mushrooms, like fungus, whatever, like can communicate with each other, like through distances and like the, the like web web of the woods or whatever is kind of like what it's, I guess, called in science terms where it's like, you know, oh, you know, you step on this or whatever, like another group can like feel it. So that's kind of what happens is they get into an altercation with some, but when Joel shoots them and kills them, it's like this horde of them like out here all of a sudden now is alerted to their presence. So then a huge swarm of them come to the hotel and uh, Tara or whatever her name is got bit. So she's like, yeah, I'm not coming. Joel, you're going to have to fucking take her to the Firefly camp. Just do it. And like throws a bunch of grenades on the ground, dumps some gasoline, brings them all in, and then lights a lighter and just blows the fucking mall to smithereens with her and the like 60 clickers with them. <laughs> but do you feel it's good? I mean, is it slow? I mean, do you feel that it's pacing is off? The first episode I felt was very slow. This one felt a lot faster paced. Like everyone was like creaming their jeans over the first episode. And I'm like, you know, I thought it was all right. Like, you know, it's pretty true, but it was a lot of slower buildup mm-hmm. where this one had a lot more like tension and action. Now that they're actually out there mm-hmm. like doing stuff, like there's a lot more like high stakes kind of like action, whatever, where it was like a lot of exposition and stuff in the first episode Mm -hmm. where this one's like, Oh, like, yeah, no, they're actually out past the wall. Like we got to see clicker stuff. Like it looks like next week they are, we're getting to finally see like one of the 
bases or whatever like we're getting more scumbag people involved and stuff like oh you thought the clickers were bad those who live are the worst <laughs> yes I, i've seen like, the walking dead I, yeah I was yes gonna, I was gonna ask you, I was like, <laughs> does this kind of feel like the walking dead like does this um i mean it seems like i mean there's a lot of video game to cram into like one season of, or like you know what what is this like 10 episodes like a 10 episode thing or i think it's eight episodes okay so eight episodes like and you got to get like uh, you you you're thinking how much of the video game do you think they're going to cover i mean like i mean i wouldn't be surprised if like you know the kind they go with the new reboot of the game like they divided the last of us into two parts i wouldn't be surprised if they kind of end this where they're ending part one of the remake of the game um but I've, from what I've also heard, like one episode is going to kind of be like the DLC where we get to see how Ellie got bit and stuff like that. So I think they're like fitting that in mm-hmm. somewhere, which they've kind of already like alluded to it in this episode a little bit. Like when she was being questioned and stuff, they're like, oh, well, she's like, oh, I went into the mall uh, and got bit you know i thought i was safe and like oh well were you alone and she like hesitates and she's like yeah i was totally alone and tara's like oh you know your family gonna come looking for you you got a boyfriend or something she's like no don't have to worry about that (laughs) 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 so they they've they the groundwork has been laid for that okay maybe i'll check it out yeah so but i I also watched uh, Tenet this mm. week because that got added to HBO Max. I've never watched it, uh, and I I was actually surprised at how much I kind of figured it was going to be a lot like Inception. Um, I actually thought it was a lot faster paced, and like. I know Inception has a lot of kind of bullshit like logic in it and stuff. This does too, <laughs> but the difference, but be- the difference between the two though is Inception spends three hours trying to explain that logic to you and like convince you as to why it makes sense, whereas Tenet does not, and instead Tenet takes the route of, we know this is bullshit, just go with it. And they literally say that in the movie. He's like, look, we're not going to try and explain, like, how does this work? And they're like, we honestly don't fucking know. Just run with it. Like, this this is how it works. And that's just it, man. Just move on. And so I kind of like that they took that approach because that makes the pacing of the movie go a lot quicker. And you can kind of see, so the, the whole premise is the guy, we don't really know. He doesn't have a name. He's just called the protagonist. And so his whole thing is he was some like C it opens with like him doing some like extraction, like CIA mission thing. And it goes South or whatever. He tries to kill himself or whatever to prevent like information getting out to the Russians or something like that. And it's like, he ends up getting saved like his cyanide pill thing that he tried to take wasn't real it was almost like a test to see if he would take it and because he did they're like all right we can trust you and you know i have a special mission for you so he kind of goes into 
this like tenant program of there's people in the future who are sending relics and stuff into the past to try and they're trying to save like the environment and everything in the future by sending future technology into the past. And what they want is they're using this guy to basically like assemble these like nine relics together into this like one item to bury it so that people in the future can find it and then use that item to effectively like save the future. And he is not a good guy, but he is in this like very abusive relationship with his wife and they have a son and he basically controls when she can and can't see her son. And so the protagonist ends up finding them. He's like, look, like, I know you want to kill him, but we can't kill him because I fucking need him. And so instead of killing him, we're going to use him and you're going to help me. And then Robert Pattinson is in it as this other agent that he works with. And as they go through, they're doing these missions and people are trying to stop them. And then about like halfway through the movie is when they're like, oh, like all this stuff that's happened. Well, now there's this like turn machine that when you go in it, you are, it's almost like a mirror and it's like, you're on the other side now and everything is still normal, but it's like you are reversed. So instead of like catching on fire, if you were to catch on fire, you would freeze to death instead. And you can't breathe the air, like breathing is like the opposite. So it's like, if you weren't wearing this oxygen mask, like all the oxygen would get sucked like out of your lungs basically and you would die. So you have to wear these oxygen masks when you're on the other side, like bullets instead of going out of the gun come into the gun. And so people, instead of getting shot through with a bullet, it's like the bullet unexplodes through their chest back into the gun. So it like shreds you from the inside as like, Jesus, it it unshatters and comes like back out into the gun and stuff. So stuff like that was really cool. Like they do a high scene in act one and then in act two, it's like you're seeing the high scene again, but it's like from the other side, essentially like them doing like the reverse time stuff while that's happening, because it's not time travel. Like there's multiple instances of you existing in this scenario and you can't come into contact with yourself. So you have to like avoid yourself while also doing this. So like Robert Pattinson's character, like by the end of this, there was times where there was like eight of him, like running around doing shit at different points in time. So it's pretty unique. Like I like that aspect of it. And what I really liked was, I mean, I'm just going to spoil it. So at the end, Robert Pattinson is the the guy's son from the future Mm. is how it works. And he came back, like the entire time you thought he was like a veteran in this tenant program, like whatever, but he's not, he gets recruited in the future and then came back to the past to help the protagonist who is the guy who created the tenant program. He just hasn't created it yet. <laughs> and that's the whole thing where he's like, he's like, dude, cause Rob Pattinson at the end, one of his like selves dies or whatever, like taking a bullet so that they can prevent whatever from happening. 
And he's like, okay, well, I have to go because I have someplace I have to be because I have to be at this point when this happens. So he like knows he's like sending himself off to his death. And he's like, for you, he's like, this is for me, this is the end of our friendship. And he's like, but for you, this is just the beginning because it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> and so he like goes off and accepts like his death or whatever that's going to happen. And he's like, he's like, well, you never told me who recruited you. And he's like, that's the funny thing. He's like, you did in the future you recruit me he's like everything i know is because of you you just don't know it yet oh, <laughs> and so i like that aspect of it and it has some clever moments and stuff in it visually it's incredibly stunning and it's one of those where like i said the fact that they're like just run with it don't try to figure it out yeah. just accept it for what it is I like that aspect. And as long as you do that and don't try to be like, well, okay, this doesn't really make sense. As long as you just throw that out the window and you're like, okay, yeah, this is happening. It's great. So they they spoon feed you the things that you need to know. Right. It's not like you have to sit there and like, think about like everything. Yeah. Like there's parts where you, you can kind of like, figure it out. Like I, I think of it as like, it's almost broken in the three acts, like act one, you kind of like, you're like, all right, like there's a scene where they're fighting with like two dudes and like mass, whatever. I'm like, I'm like, that's going to be them. I'm like, I feel like that's them, like from the future coming into the past to like do whatever. And then in act two, you, that's true. Like that is what happens. It's like, you get to see that from now their perspective of them being in the suits coming back into the past or whatever to fuck with shit. And then it's like in act three, they're like, yeah, you saw all this, but also on the side all this other shit was happening in the background while all of this was happening and you just didn't know it. And certain things that were like seemed out of place or whatever. You're like, what the fuck is this car doing here? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like blah, blah, blah. That shit like comes in play in act three. And it's like, Oh, now that makes sense. Now that you're seeing it from now, this perspective of this stuff happening, it's almost like run Lola run where it's like, you're seeing it from her perspective and then you're seeing it from him. And you're like, well, okay, what's happening here. It's like, well, when you see it from the fourth perspective, now all of that fucking clicks. I'll, I'll be honest. That sounds confusing as fuck. Mm-hmm. Well, Zach, you just have to, if you just accept it, <laughs> you just go with it. I do enjoy the, uh, the MCU time travelness like explanation of it all. Like, well, like hot tub time machine. No, what are you like back to the, no, like are you trying to think you learn time travel from movies. What are you talking about? Like pretty good. I like that. Yes. But that that is all I have been watching. Well, all right. I think, gentlemen, we might have a show. So, since I'm back at the controls, Justin, want to take this thing in for a landing? (laughs) You know what, guys? (laughs) Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the That Pixel Life podcast. Why don't you guys... uh, Go on over to the Discord. Go to the movies and TV. Have you been watching The Last of Us? Did you watch the menu? Like, Shannon's dying to talk about Glass Onion. Like, if you watch that, you know, we have an entire spoiler section. Head on over there. You know, tell us what you've been watching. Tell us what we should be watching. And, uh, you know, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to Spotify? You know, give your boys a review. Share that Spotify link that gets posted in the podcast news each week. And, you know, let your friends listen to the glory that is uh me and shannon riffing on each other about fire emblem and gauge and you know what zach while you're at it what would robbie say if he was here robbie would say 
Hey guys, go be great.